Praise you, Jesus. Good morning. Well, that was a great response. I got one. Good morning. That's better. Hey, every morning's good when you're on this side of the earth. <laughs> right? Thank you, Jesus. And it's even better when you're on the other side. Because <laughs> then we'll be, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Don't forget about our church app. Check it out. If you don't have it on your phones, you can get it and put it up there. It's great. <clears throat> no kids church today. <laughs> Obviously, no kids today. Where is Ephraim? Ephraim, come here. Let me see your shirt. Ephraim's wearing a tie today. Look at that sharp dressed man. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Before we take up an offering, I'd just like to thank everyone for coming this morning. I pray you'd be blessed. Pray that the service blesses you. I pray that, Lord, anything that is not of you wouldn't stick to us, and anything that is of you, Lord God, would be hidden in our hearts. We have any other announcements? Anything I'm missing? I don't think so. Grace, come on down. It's time to take up an offering. Amen. God is good all the time. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you and praise you for this time. Lord, we thank you and praise you for all you've done for us. We thank you for your provision. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, for your mercy, your grace, your love, for your patience, your peace, your kindness, your goodness, your thankfulness, your faithfulness. Lord God, we just pray, Lord God, that, Lord, we would rest in you, that we would rest in the palm of your hands, and we would trust in you, Lord, as we trust in you with everything that we lay our hands to with our families, Lord God, our, our, our children, our grandchildren, Lord God, or our brothers and sisters, we thank you for each one, and we pray you would bless each one. We pray that you would bless the, the work of our hands, that it would prosper. We pray that you would cover us and protect us and keep us from the enemy, Lord God, and that you would keep the enemy far from us. And I pray that you would bless us, Lord God, indeed. And we just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm blessed. I got my grandson back here with us today. Blessed us, graced us with his presence. He's wearing pink, though. It's his football jersey. All right. The title of my sermon is called Men of Faith. Men of Faith always have a good report. Men of faith always have a good report. If you got your Bibles, you can open up to Numbers chapter 13. I'm going to read the whole chapter to you. 
Numbers chapter 13. <clears throat> the Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites from each ancestral tribe. Send one of his leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites. These are their names. Now I'm going to mess some of these names up. Don't laugh. From the tribe of Reuben, Shemu, son of Zechur. From the tribe of Simeon, Saphat, son of Hori. From the tribe of Judah, Caleb, son of Jephni. Jephuniah, 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 Jephuniah. It's like buffoon, but Jephuniah. All right, thank you. From the tribe of Issachar, Igel, son of Joseph. From the tribe of Ephraim. What? From the tribe of Ephraim. Ephraim, Hosea, son of Nun, from the tribe of Benjamin, Paltai, son of Raphu, from the tribe of Zebulun, Gadiel, son of Sodai, Soda, Sodai, from the tribe of Manasseh, a tribe of Joseph, Gaddy, son of Susie, from the tribe of Dan, Emil, son of Gamila, Gamala, Gamilia, from the tribe of Asher, Sether, son of Michael, from the tribe of Naphtali, Nabi, son of Jophsi, from the tribe of Gad, Giel, son of Machai. These are the names of the men Moses sent out. Well, let me be clear here. They might not be some of the names that Moses said. <laughs> but it's pretty close. But these are the men that Moses sent out to explore the land. Moses gave Hosiah, son of Nun, the name Joshua. When Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, Go up through the Negev and on the, into the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees or not? Do your breast to bring back some of the fruit of the land. For it was the season for the ripe, for it was the season for the first ripe grapes. So they went up and explored the land from the desert of Zin as far as Rehab toward Lebo, Hamath. They went up through the Negev and came to Hebron where Adamon, 
Shishiah, and Talmiah, the descendants of Anak lived. Anak. You know, descendants of Anak, he was a giant. Descendants of the giants. Hebron had been built seven years before Zon in Egypt. When they reached the valley of Eshkol, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes, two of them carrying it on a pole between them along with some pomegranates and figs. That place was called the Valley of Eshkol because of the cluster of grapes the Israelites cut off there. At the end of 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. <clears throat> Can you imagine the size of the cluster of those grapes? One cluster of grapes took two men to carry. When you go to a grocery store and you buy a little bag of grapes, and there's multiple clusters in there, and you can walk out with a whole bag full of clusters in one hand. Those grapes had to be huge. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the lamb. They gave Moses his account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We cannot attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they, spread among, and, they, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we look the same to them. Chapter 14, it says, That night all the people of the community raised their voices and wept. Aloud, all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this desert. Why is the Lord bringing us to a land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly, gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, 
The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into the land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us, because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meetings to all the Israelites. Today we are living in some very testing times as Christians. There are things happening all around us all the time and they're moving fast. Satan is preparing this world for his final stand. We're hearing of wars, rumors of wars. We are being attacked cyberly, our own country. We had the pipeline attack. We have the attack on our food line through the world's largest, one of the world's largest food distributors, meat distributors. <clears throat> the majority of our country is in fear, I would say, living in fear, not knowing of what's going on or what's going to happen next or what tomorrow will bring. The Bible says don't worry about tomorrow for today has enough troubles of its own. Where are the few people believing God and trusting Him? Micah's back there making muscles. Sorry. But you know what? We need to be, where is the Joshua's and the Caleb's of this day that are standing up? Where are the men of faith that always have a good report? Our country is no different than the Israelite country. All it takes is a few men to go out and spread bad news. Through the whole tribe. <clears throat> All it takes, it reminds me of our media. It reminds me of our news. It reminds me of the state of our country. When all of the, all of the multimedia coverage we get out there is all bad. Everything's bad. Woe is us. And there's only a few of them that are speaking the truth. It's like 
It's like here we are just being led out of Egypt. We cross the Red Sea. And we're getting ready to go into the promised land. But then all of a sudden, all these plagues take place. All these rumors, all this spreading around that you're going to kill somebody if you don't wear a mask. We all start living in fear. Where are the Caleb's and the Joshua's? You know, what does the Bible say about fear? In Isaiah 35, 4, it says, Be strong, do not fear. Isaiah 41, 10, it says, Do not fear, for I am with you. 1 John 4, 18, it says, Perfect love drives out fear. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one whose fear, who fears is not made perfect in love. Proverbs 1, 7 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. We have nothing to fear except God himself. That's whom we should fear. We don't need to fear about all these reports. We don't need to fear even about plagues or pestilence. We don't need to fear about where we're going to get our food. Aren't you more valuable than the sparrows? And doesn't God care for them? Doesn't God provide for them? Won't he provide for us? Even more so. He provided so much for us that he sent his own son to die on a cross for us. That he gave his own life for us. That's how much he cares about you. That's how much he's concerned about you and your well-being. Because he wants to be with you forever. And he wants you to be with him forever. We have nothing to fear but God himself. The only thing we need to fear is our own salvation. And it says work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You need to fear about your relationship with God. One of the most important things you can do. You don't need to fear about man or man's reproach. You don't need to fear about a bad word. Because who is on your side? God. God said that he'll never leave you or forsake you. God said that he'll be with you right to the very end. Right to the very end of your breath. You don't have to be afraid. We don't have to live in fear. Amen? We need to live in glory. We need to thank every day. Be thankful every day. We need to thank God every day that we get up. And we praise God and we thank God. Thank you, Jesus, for my blessings that you've given to me. Thank you, Jesus, for the very breath that I breathe. Thank you, Jesus, that I have a house to live in. Thank you, Jesus, that I've got 
wonderful children and grandchildren. Thank you, Jesus, that I got a car to drive. Thank you, Jesus, that I got a roof over my head. Thank you, Jesus, I got food on my table. I don't need to worry about it. I don't need to worry about it. God will provide it. Amen? That's all we need to be. We need to be thankful. We need to be fearless. What did Jesus say when he, descended, when he ascended on high? He said, all authority in heaven has been given to me. And now I, in turn, give it to you. So we need to walk out with authority. We need to walk out with everything that Jesus has given us. We need to live in that authority. When Caleb and Joshua went out and they saw the land, and they said, it's flowing with milk and honey. There's grapes bigger than basketballs. I got a cluster of grapes, and it took Joshua and me, Joshua and Caleb and I, we had to put a pole between us and carry these things. It reminded me of the old days when men were out there hunting, and they would bring back their game, and they'd have a pole, and they would carry their game on their shoulders. I, don't, I couldn't imagine a cluster of grapes weighing 200 pounds, one cluster of grapes. That's bigger than a watermelon. Can you imagine that? It'd be like carrying a cluster of watermelons. No wonder why it took two men. They said the, the, the ground is flowing with milk and honey. Surely it is good. And they gave a great report. Men of faith, Caleb and Joshua, because they saw everything that God did when he led them out of Egypt. He said, God led us by a pillar of fire by night and a cloud of smoke by day. Surely God will deliver us and, and hand this land over to us. Those giants are nothing compared to God. Look at what he did to the greatest army in the world of that time. They were, Egypt was a superpower. You know? Look at what they did to Egypt. They took their whole army and swallowed them in the Red Sea. Cursed them with plagues, all kinds of plagues. And boils. And Caleb and Joshua are like, don't you remember? It was just yesterday that he parted the Red Sea. He parted the Red Sea for crying out loud. And we walked from one side to the other on dry ground. If my God can part a sea, he can sure take care of a few giants and some fallen angel heathens, half-breeds. He could take care of all the, all the high country, the low country, and every other country in between. Come on, let's go. We need men of faith to bring a word like Caleb and Joshua these days. Because you can be so discouraged if you look out there and you get into flesh. And you can think, gosh, my life is just beginning. What's going to happen? There's wars and rumors of wars. You know, in the end days, you know, and I, I, it says in the end days that men will hide themselves in caves. They'll gnaw their own tongue for fear that they don't want to face God's judgment. 
And they'll pray that the rocks will come down on them. That's not living in faith, is it? That's not, you know, you can't be hiding around. We shouldn't be hiding. The church shouldn't be hiding. Christians shouldn't be hiding. If anything, Christians should be leading the way. We should be walking in the full authority that Christ gave us. We should be living by faith every day, not by our sight. Because I'm going to tell you, our sight can be discouraging. You, and our ears can be discouraging. We need to be careful what we hear. They're saying, oh, the food supply, the prices are going to go up. Nobody's going to be able to buy beef anymore because of the hacking that took place. And what is America doing? They're paying off all these ransoms. Oh, the price of gas is getting higher. Well, I don't know about you, but what did we sing today? He created all things. Didn't he create all things? Do you believe that? Amen. Doesn't he own the cattle on a thousand hills? Didn't he provide manna from heaven to the Egyptians when they were in the wilderness? Didn't he provide quail? So they got bread and they got protein. I mean, we need to be thankful for what God has done. We need to be walking in faith and spiritual authority. We need to be walking in, uh, in everything. We need to be walking in the blood of Jesus, being covered and believing that we're covered, no matter where we go. Amen? We need to walk in victory. Amen. I'm going to tell you, because you could be discouraged. And you don't want to be. I could be discouraged thinking I'm preaching to a handful of people. But I know God says no. Don't be discouraged. Be faithful. Stay faithful. Show yourself approved to workmen. It's no good to take hold of the plow and then let it go. I'm going to tell you. You take hold of the plow, you hold on. We have nothing to fear but God himself. It's all we, who we fear. You know, what did Jesus do? Jesus overcame the world, didn't he? And because Jesus overcame the world, we too can overcome the world. Because he overcame it first. Amen. We cannot be led by the world. We must be led by we must lead the world. What was happening is that we have given up our role. We're letting the world lead us. We're following the world's ways. 
when it's the totally opposite. We need to be leading the world. We need to be the one directing. Instead of the ones being directed. We're the ones with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. The world doesn't have the Holy Spirit. Only the Christians, the believers in Christ, have the Holy Spirit. And we need to be listening to the Holy Spirit and obeying the Holy Spirit. And we need to be leading people to the Holy Spirit. We need to be, we need to be preaching the gospel of Christ wherever we go. Amen. We shouldn't be afraid. But we need to walk in the authority and the promises of Christ. I wrote down in my notes, don't let the ten rob us. Meaning the other ten men that went out besides Joshua and Caleb. Don't let the ten rob us from walking in everything that God has had. Because even though they seem to outnumber us, they might seem to be speak louder than us. We just need to keep being faithful. It says that God let Joshua and Caleb go into the promised land. And all those that, that believe the bad report, all those that said, oh, we can't do it. You know what they tried to do after they, after they said that they can't do it? And then all of a sudden, God showed up in the tent of meetings and told Moses, I'm going to just wipe this whole tribe out. I'm going to start anew. I'm going to make Israel even stronger than what they are right now. But because they don't have faith and don't believe in me, I'll just wipe them all out. I'm tired of these people mumbling and groaning and moaning and groaning. And God could have rightfully done so. But Moses interceded for him and said, No, Lord, don't kill him. Then Egypt will say, You led your people out into the desert to slaughter them? Don't do it. Because of Moses' intercession, he said he wouldn't do it. But he told him that all the men... 20 years and older that didn't believe that God could deliver them into the promised land would perish, the men and the women, in the wilderness. And they had to wander in there for 40 years. And when they heard that, they said, Oh, no, forgive us, Lord. And then they went out to try to fight their own battles. But do you know what? The Ark of the Covenant and Moses said, told them, No, don't do it. Don't do it. You're disobeying God again. Don't do it. But they went out and they said they got slaughtered. And they got driven back all the way back to a town called Horan or something like that. 
It was too late. He said those men, those ten men that were responsible for spreading that report about the land were struck down and died of a plague before the Lord. It says, of the men who went to explore the land, only Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephthah, survived. Where are the men of faith? Where are the men of faith that speak a good report? Because men of faith always have a good report. You know why? Because their minds are not on earthly things. My wife and I read this together just the other day. Last night, our minds are not on earthly things. Our minds are on heavenly things. Our thinking needs to be on heavenly things. See, we get too wrapped up in earthly things in our mind that we forget about thinking about the heavenly things. We get too wrapped up in the carnal things, the things that are right before us, the things that are pressing, the things that are demanding our attention and taking our attention, that we even forget about or don't even think about the heavenly things. We need to have a washing of our mind. And how do you wash your mind? By the word of God. You wash your mind by the word of God. I'm going to tell you, every time I read the Bible, it gets my mind off of earthly things, and I start thinking about heavenly things. Every time. Because I'm washing my mind with the word of God. Building up my spirit. And I think the problem with the church right now and what's happening around the world is that they're not washing their minds with the Word of God. We're not reading the Word like we should be. And when that happens, what's going to happen is that we're not going to be able to stand on solid ground. You're going to be tossed to and fro by every wave of doctrine, and you're going to be tossed to and fro by all kinds of fears of the world. Because our minds are on earthly things more than they're on heavenly things. And I'm guilty. Psalms, I'll tell you what, you want to get your mind on heavenly things, you want to be built up in the spirit, and you need to start reading Psalms. You want to hear a good report? 
King David sang songs, gave praises, a man after God's own heart. Psalms 91 says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Do you feel like you have rest? Do you feel like you have peace? It's simple. If you don't have rest and you don't have peace, then you're not dwelling in the shelter of the Most High. How you dwell in the shelter of the Most High is you get into His Word. And your soul and your spirit will find rest. It'll find peace. You don't have peace? Because we should be the ones with peace. We don't have joy? We should be the ones that are the most joyful. We should be. Because why? Because our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Because when God calls our role, you're going to be on it. When the role is called up yonder. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge. Then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your phone, your foot against a stone. Your phone. That's pretty funny. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With a long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That's how we should live. Not afraid. We should be living in the shelter of the Most High. 
We should be trusting in Him. We should be leading our country. We should be leading our conversations. We should be bringing the good news of the gospel, the good report. The good report. And that good report is that Jesus Christ died and rose again. On the third day, was born a virgin. Went to the cross, shed his blood. Gave us all authority. Is with you to the very end. Will never leave you or forsake you. That there's hope. There's hope beyond this world. There's an eternity that lasts forever. And it's glorious. And that there's an eternity that lasts forever that's not so glorious. We should be bringing the hope and the light of Jesus Christ. Amen? To a fallen world, standing in faith, believing in faith, and believing on the promises of God, and the hope of glory. You know, I can, I can see Joshua and Caleb I can, I can picture them believing on the hope of glory, believing on victory, believing that they're going to take this land. I can see them saying, Caleb, did you see the fruit? We can surely take this land. Joshua, yeah, I grabbed that grape cluster and I had to have you help me load it. I can't believe it. The ground is so fertile. We can take this country. God has given it to us. I'm going to tell you, don't let the discouragement of men and women get to you well, you are inactive and unable to move. Because it'll cripple you. And we're not meant to be crippled. We're supposed to be moving forward with God. Every day. Amen? We're supposed to be moving forward with God. Are we? Are you? Moving forward with God. Are you believing? Are you walking in authority? Or are you living by fear and doubt? Or are you, living, are you walking in faith? Believing, placing our hope and glory in Jesus. 
the perfecter of our faith. Jesus is the perfecter of our faith. He perfected it. He was perfection. When he walked, he acted everywhere he went. Thank you, Lord. That's how we should live. We should be as bold as Jesus. With the faith of Abraham. With the faith of Caleb and Joshua. Amen? All right. I'm going to close with prayer. Father, I thank you, Lord, and praise you for this word today. I pray, Lord God, that, Lord, that you would be high and lifted up, would be exalted. Lord God, help us to live by faith. Help us to walk by faith, not by our own sight, by our own ears. Help us to trust you, Lord. Forgive us for our unbelief. Help us to believe. Help us to believe that you've given us all authority on earth as it is in heaven. Help us to, Lord God, walk in the victory that you've given us. Let us not be discouraged, but let us bring a word of faith, of hope. Let us be men and women of faith, bringing a good report back. Surely we can do all things. And if you, is, if you are for us, then who can be against us? Surely you can do all things. There is nothing impossible for you. For you breathe the stars and you put the whole solar system and galaxy and universe into motion. You've created all things on earth and in heaven. There is nothing you have not created. You have created all things, all things, all things. And we give you praise and honor and glory. Lord God, help us. Help us, Jesus. Help us all to be strong, to stand on the rock. Lord, and I just thank you, Lord. For this day, I thank you, Lord God, for your word. Lord, and I just pray against any discouragement right now in Jesus' name. We bind it up and we cast it out. I pray against any fear in Jesus' name. We bind it up and we cast it out. I pray against any ill word spoken that we might have received. We bind it up and we cast it out. I pray against disease. We bind it up and we cast it out. I pray against slothfulness or idleness or laziness. We bind it up and we cast it out. I pray against gluttony. We bind it up and we cast it out in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And we come against anything that the devil can throw at us.
in Jesus' name. He can throw everything at us, but Lord God, let it not hurt our relationship with you. It doesn't matter what he throws at us, because we're children of God. We're children of the Most High. We're living in glory. And we have all authority in Jesus' name to bind them up and cast them out of our lives, out of our way, out of our homes, out of our cars, in Jesus' name. I pray against discouragement in Jesus' name. Depression in Jesus' name. Addiction in Jesus' name. We come against addiction in Jesus' name. We bind it up. We cast it out of our families' lives. We come against pornography, alcoholism, drug addiction, anything in Jesus' name. We cast it out of our lives. Let it have no place in our lives. Let it have no reign, no rule. We're free in Christ. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen? Amen. And I thank you and I praise you for this day. I thank you and I praise you for your victory, for the work your Son Jesus did on the cross. Let us wash our minds in the Word. Let us wash our bodies in the blood. Let us walk in the victory that you've given us. And let not anyone discourage us or bring a bad word against us. God help them. Just as he struck the ten men down with plague and they died, Lord God, I pray that our enemies would be struck down and that our enemy, our adversary, the devil, would be struck down in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. If anybody needs prayer, then I'd be glad to pray for them. I think you should not leave here without prayer. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord.